Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Wednesday, February 28th, presented by Boston Hemp Inc., Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Wednesday cards, uh, light card as usual for a Wednesday with uh, two games on tap, uh, but we'll break those down in a moment. First off, thank you to everyone for joining us on the BetCast last night, whether you were on the stream or in the chat participating uh, on YouTube in the chat. It was a fun BetCast as usual. It was really a crazy up and down night. It was a little bit of a negative night for me overall. Pre-game bets definitely did not go like I hoped, and icing on the cake with that was the Canuck team total falling short with their loss to uh, Pittsburgh last night. But I will say the live bets definitely minimized the damage for me last night and actually helped out pull us closer to break even. Yeah. Uh, the live bets ended up going pretty well. You look back at Washington and Detroit. We went with the second period over and both teams to score in that game. We mentioned the strong trends. Same thing, Vegas, Toronto, uh, third period over in that game, as well as uh, both teams uh, to score. And the second period, we had a, a double helping of Vegas, Toronto, both teams to score and the over second and third period of that game. And both of them cashed. So that was good to see. Um, we did fall short with that Arizona shot to come back against Montreal. Uh, we took a small shot with Buffalo, Florida draw. Uh, that ended up falling short, but the totals were really good. Uh, last night, Dallas, Colorado. I think that was the highlight for me because the entire community got in on the second period over, which cashed with relative ease. 18 straight games now for the Dallas Stars uh, have gone over the total in the second period. So it was uh, that was great. And everyone was on that. Uh, and even in the late night hours, we saw, you know, Pittsburgh, Vancouver, an entertaining finish, although. You know, like I said, I was hoping that game would have uh, one more goal for Vancouver. And then, of course, in the late night hours, while it was a debacle for uh, my San Jose and draw bets in that game, the live bets ended up going well. Uh, we had second period over um, in that game. We also had third period over in both teams to score against uh, or for that dark Devils and Sharks game. So, you know, the live bets actually were very good, especially the totals, the live totals and the live BTTS bets. Uh, they were all quite strong last night. And overall, it was a lot of fun as always. Great company, great camaraderie with all of our viewers and listeners. And Alex, uh, that's why we do the BetCast. It's, yes, to make money, yeah, and to uh, make profit and try to uh, turn these live wagers into live profits. But at the end of the day, it's also about the company you keep. And we always keep some really great fucking company with our viewers and listeners on these BetCasts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was a wonderful time. Uh, like it said, every BetCast so far this season has been uh, fantastic as far as except the company and the camaraderie and, and the, you know, the, the chatter and discussions have been wonderful. Uh, and here's the thing about live betting. It can, you know, maximize a, a, a day into a wonderful day if you're having, a, you know, some solid bets hitting in pregame. But if you're having a bad day with your pregame bets, it can salvage a night. And like I said, yep. for, for Ian and I, it, it minimized the risks and, and losses, you know, substantially. And that's the beauty of live betting. It's not always always just about adding more on. It's sometimes just picking spots and finding ways to minimize losses that you might be incurring throughout the evening. And that that's the process we kind of had yesterday. So I'm, I hate that that happened. Obviously, we want everything to be, you know, just lights out at all times. But it's important to have nights like that on record 
to show people when we're talking about live betting, because keep in mind, the space is ever growing. OK, we're always getting new viewers. We're always getting new, just and just, you know, new betters year after year. So to have this kind of reference, uh, and I think about this with all of our betcasts, having these frames of reference to use and look back upon when we're doing our live betting. So we realize, hey, you know, yeah, there's going to be these nights like this where, you know, we're trying to kind of cut our losses here with live wagering on the nights where we want to, you know, pick our spots and, and try to add on and, and add more and uh, win more on a, on a night and add to the bankroll. So I'm glad to have these on record. And uh, like I said, with, with wonderful company and, and all of our ice gas family around, uh, it always makes for a good time. Yeah, it, no doubt. And it was, and it, it was a great turnout last night. We got close to capacity uh, on the uh, stream in terms of a number of people we could have been there at any given moment. Uh, we saw a couple of people we hadn't seen in quite some time. Melissa Cunningham, good to see her join us for a little bit uh, last night for sure. Uh, you know, we had some new faces, uh, JF. Uh, in the uh, chat, he was there for almost the whole thing, and he was keeping us up to date clearly on the games he was watching all throughout the night. He was a great addition to the uh, yeah, betcast. Our first uh, first time for him. Uh, like I say, we had uh, we got to see our old friend Goose again. It was it was a good turnout last night. There's no question. And my old buddy at Pub Sports Radio, Connor Mack, man, uh, I have uh, I've I've missed him. Like we, there's been times we haven't gone a couple days without seeing each other and talking and doing shows, or at the very most a week in between shows with yeah. CMAC uh, over on uh, Pub Sports Radio. But, you know, they've been cutting back a little bit as far as shows are concerned and content, just going with less is more type of mentality. Uh, so we haven't been doing as many shows uh, on that platform. But to see bring Connor Mack back in on the BetCast last night, it was good. And speaking of Connor Mack, um, you know, we've got uh, obviously a nice little array of regular reoccurring people joining me and Alex on this show. We've got Brett on Mondays. We've got Matt uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and we have Zach on Saturdays. Well, most Sundays moving forward, or at least whenever he can, we're going to get Connor Mack in the mix uh, on Sunday yes. uh, on the uh, Ice Guys show because he offered it. He said, if, if you are if you need a guest Sunday, let me know. Uh, and it's uh, 9 a.m. for him locally uh, there in Las Vegas. So Connor Mack this Sunday for sure, uh, he will uh, be joining us, 9 a.m. Cool. Pacific uh, 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So Connor Mack on the Ice Guys show. Uh, and this will make up for the fact that we haven't done as much content together for uh, a while since the uh, college football season ended because we do the Hitting the Books show uh, every Monday throughout the uh, college football season. But, yeah, C-Mac's excellent, very good better as well, very astute. And he's like me, covers everything, like football, hockey. He's a big hockey guy uh, as well. And that's the thing. He does not get to talk hockey very much because Pub doesn't do much with hockey but he gets to talk hockey on this show. So it'll be fun to have our guy C-Mac in the house on Sunday. Yeah, that's awesome. Looking forward to that. That'll be a good time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So C-Mac on Sunday. Uh, let's look back on uh, yesterday's uh, games. Uh, just uh, go through them uh, as far as, because uh, we talked about the bet cast and uh, how much we enjoyed it. But the games themselves, look, it could have been better definitely from a pregame betting standpoint. But the one thing that was good about last night was Detroit team total, easy peasy. Uh, an eight to three beatdown over the Washington Capitals last night. It, it was great to see that. Uh, I was on the Red Wings team total there. Uh, DeBrinket ends up getting a goal, and uh, Patrick Kane does get over one and a half up. Or did he get one over one? No, he only had the yeah, one over assist. one. Oh, uh, yeah, no, right. He, right. he did. He got two assists, but no goal. The goal was yeah. this loud. And turned and came back. Yeah. That's right. So that close. We had the assist, and we had over one and a half points, but we also had the goal prop. The goal props, the one. Uh, that fell short. But uh, yeah, we talk about a red hot. Both of them have been, they contributed. Uh, we saw, you know, Goss despair with not one, but two goals last night. Larkin 
uh, got a goal and a multi-point game. Uh, David Perron had a couple of assists. This is a really good offensive hockey team. I think we can now say that about the Detroit Red Wings. The question is going to be, is their goaltending and their D going to hold up enough the rest of the regular season and playoffs if they get in? And I'll say it right now, Alex, they look like a playoff team to me right now, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, to me, it would be a little bit of a surprise if for some reason they stumble down the stretch and miss out. Yeah, I mean, when you look at all the other teams in the East uh, that are fighting for those two wildcard spots, they seem to be the best. So it's it's the best of the worst kind of thing, the way I look at it. I don't think they do much once they get into the playoffs. But, yeah, they look like they could be a team that should be able to hold on to at least one of those two final spots to get into the postseason. Yeah, Perlo and Rico, shout out to them in the chat. They were on the BetCast last night. We appreciate their contri- contributions and uh, appearance as well. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, they fall short to Florida 3-2. Uh, the Panthers hang on for a victory uh, in that game, although the headline grabber once again was Nick Cousins, NHL public enemy number one, NHL rat number one right now, uh, doing his best little uh, soccer embellishment imitation and then springing back to life like the Undertaker coming out of the casket and getting involved in the scrum. I mean, look, we know players on the other team hate this guy's guts right now and all the shit that he's doing on the ice and all these antics. I think even his own teammates are starting to get a little tired of it. And if I'm like Kachuk or I'm Montour or I'm Ekblad or I'm one of the leaders on the team, I'm starting to say to myself, hey, we got to pull this guy over and say, you know, cut it out with the antics because it sure as hell ain't helping us. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, me personally, and I said it on the, on the, the stream last night, I'd love to see somebody just feed him his fucking lunch because he deserves it at this point. All the shit we've seen from him, uh, it's just three or four incidents now, what, in the last two to three months. You know, going back to that whole fight thing with, with Arizona, and, and it, it's just, it, it, it's ridiculous. And this is what we talk about it all the time about fighting in hockey and the instigator rule and all that stuff. And these are the kind of assholes that have, you know, been able to grow, gain advantage from how the rules are set and how the league wants to play things. Uh, you know, like said, you, you let in a bunch of guys that cheap shot, a lot of guys who like sit slew foot, a lot of guys do a lot of dirty shit and then they don't get to answer the bell for it. And, and so, you know, I look at players like this. I don't blame the players, you know, completely. I mean, yes, it is. It is on them at the end of the day to, to do this, you know, right from wrong as a hockey player. But I also blame the league because the league has allowed uh, players to, to get away with things like this for quite some time. We haven't seen that many players take advantage of it, thankfully, but there have been some. And Nick Cousins, we can add his name to that list. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and like I said, it's uh, it's getting it's getting a little uh, out, uh, carried away now with uh, all the uh, uh, incidents that have uh, taken place. No, Poe Buddy's nerfic. Look, Nick Cousins apparently, from all indications, away from the rink, is a great guy, really nice, uh, good friend, that kind of right. thing. And I don't doubt that for a second. But he's an on the ice yeah. asshole. That's what he yeah. is. Like, and that's it's like he basically puts on a cape and he's a totally different persona when he gets out there on the uh, ice for an NHL game and. You know, it's that persona that, you know, you got to tone it down a little bit and weed this out because, you know, like I said, it's getting carried away with all the shit Nick Cousins has been uh, doing on the ice antics wise here the last uh, really all season, but especially the last couple of months. Very disappointing for me with Arizona because we had the over, well, the over push, the best bet, but we had Arizona. We thought this was a great spot to snap the losing streak, the, wor- the worst team, the weakest team they played. They, they did have a murderer's row schedule. We talked about they played Carolina twice, Edmonton, Toronto. I mean, it's just one great team after another they've played. 
uh, that contributed to the losing streak, but an opportunity is stepping down in class. And to be honest, they probably should have won that game. They were out playing Montreal, heavily outshot them, outchanced them. Montembeau was outstanding, just could not finish. And that's all that matters in the end. You can outchance, outshoot a team. All that matters is what you do in terms of converting those chances. And uh, Arizona did not do enough of that in a 4-2 loss to the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, there was a power outage actually in the building last night in Philadelphia during that game, but there was no power outage for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. There was a power outage for Tampa Bay, uh, six to two for the Flyers, uh, a huge third period and really a totally brutal third period for Andre Vasilevsky. If you actually look at the highlights and I was watching, had this game on in the third a little bit, a couple of those goals were just that Vasilevsky let that in. Are you kidding me? Uh, and uh, look, that's that's what we've talked about for Vasilevsky and his save percentage is hovering right around 900. And that is very atypical of Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. And his third period was nothing to write home about at all. The Flyers with a five to one trouncing of Tampa Bay in the third period. And they end up winning that game by a score of six to two Flyers snap their two game losing streak. And what we said about Tampa Bay was accurate. You know, they had one two in a row, but they're still a weak road team. People were getting excited, but, you know, they beat an Islanders team that has no consistency at all and a New Jersey team that we don't think is very good at the moment. Uh, let's see what they do here against a focused Philly team looking to snap the skid. And sure enough, Philly uh, was too much for them, and they gets the 6-2 uh, to two win over the uh, Lightning. Uh, Vegas, Toronto, a brutal spot. The question would be, would they be able to overcome it and keep the win streak going? The answer, no. Uh, Vegas with a 6-2 to two victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs with a highlight of this game. And the, one of the highlights of the night for sure, Tyler Bertuzzi uh, with our bargain bin special uh, as he scores once again uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And like I said, a big reason why he was my bargain bin choice yesterday on the show is because you're not going to get him plus 320 to score a goal for much longer You know, if he continues to produce at this clip that we have seen from him the last few games. So great to cash the bargain bin special there with Tyler Bertuzzi, but the Vegas Golden Knights get the last laugh and redemption for getting uh, bombed by Toronto in uh, T-Mobile Arena last week. A nice 6-2 to two win uh, on the road there for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. We're not panicking about Toronto. Still a team that's played yeah. great hockey for the better part of the week. This is all about how do you respond now uh, against the Arizona Coyotes because it's a team that's now lost 13 straight. They played well enough to win last night, but let's be real, that was against Montreal. You're better than Montreal if you're Toronto. This is the time where, you know, don't let this linger and fester into a second mediocre game. And don't let it linger into a third mediocre game when the Rangers come to town on right. Saturday night. Take care of business Thursday against a team you should beat. And no one's going to be all that concerned about what we saw last night. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you know, going back to kind of touch on that Arizona Montreal game and, you know, we, we should have kind of known it's funny. John Massey kind of chatted us on a little bit about it in the, in the stream, but yeah, we should have known to not really trust these two really bad teams this time of year. We're starting to see the, the bottom drop out with some of these teams where we look at prices, we look at situations, but at the end of the day, we have to realize they are bottom 10 teams and, and, and we have to, you know, approach them as such where, things are going to be a lot more unstable. And so, you know, with that that game in Arizona, you know, you look at, the, of course, the historical spot of taking on Toronto. You mix that in with how Toronto, you know, played in that last game against Vegas uh, and how they've been playing heading, leading up into that contest. It, it definitely lines up for a good spot where the Maple Leafs could make a huge statement in that game. But uh, like I said, they have to kind of, for their own sake, 
throw away what happened in that Vegas game and just say, hey, let's get back on track. We know what we can do. That's not, you know, that's one of those kind of games on a Tuesday night where we end up losing and and not playing that well, but we can bounce back from that. You know, that's where we'll see the growth. We've talked about the streak and the offense, and we've seen all these different things that have looked good for Toronto moving forward. But this is something that I think all of us need to see if this team's really going to take that step forward we keep talking about. All right, bounce back and beat one of the worst teams in the league after having a, a, a bad home loss against a good team in Vegas. That's where you show that uh, that you, you know, you're a, a legitimate contender in the East. So that's going to be definitely a, a game to highlight and watch. And you mentioned about the uh, Philly and Tampa game. We might as well call Tampa Bay the Tampa Bay rain because there's no lightning, there's no thunder, there's no wind, there's no tornadoes, there's nothing like that. It's just, just straight fucking rain, just a whole lot of wet. That's pretty much what you're getting from Tampa Bay right now. This team looks old. They look slow. Vasilevsky clearly is not the same goaltender he once was off of the back surgery. Okay. He had his flashes of brilliance, but now we're seeing this inconsistency now since he's been back. Okay. This is a man who has been nothing but a model uh, of one of the best goaltenders in the league. And we've never really seen this kind of just complete up and down play, up and down play from him. So it's something to be concerned about moving forward, obviously. And once he gets, you know, this year off and has a full off season where he doesn't have to have surgery, doesn't have to play a whole lot of games into the postseason. We could see him return to that form, but until that time, Vasilevsky right now is not a, fi- a top five goalie in my eyes. He's a top ten goalie, maybe even a top fifteen goalie. He has taken a step back in, in my book and overview, and that hurts the chances of Tampa Bay as a whole. And that's why I feel really comfortable, even more comfortable now than I did the day I bet. It. But uh, I think Tampa Bay—they're going to be one of those teams that finds themselves out, and they won't be in the postseason this year. Yeah, and look, they're hanging on for dear life right now. There is no question. They are not safe by any stretch of the imagination. And like I said about Vasilevsky, 2.99 goals against average, which is not horrible, but it is way below what we've seen from that. But more alarming, Alex, is this is a guy in the past. I'm looking at his previous numbers in past seasons. I've seen save percentages of 915, 916, 925, 917, 925. 920. Lowest save percentage for Vasilevsky prior to this season was 916. He's at 896 right now with his save percentage this season. Not the same guy. Not the same guy at the moment. No. Not saying he can't get it back, but right now that ain't Andre Vasilevsky we've seen right. for a decade. Just yeah, not. Absolutely. Just not. All right. Uh, what else do we see last night as we continue along here? Uh, Nashville, I mean, this was disheart- <laughs> disheartening for me with Ottawa. Right, they had the loss against Washington, um, and it was a very unfortunate. They just didn't play well in their own end, and then they get Nashville off the road trip. Usually, that's a good spot. It's a spot that Toronto lost in last night. The long road trip back home. Nashville was in that spot, and Ottawa was just not good enough to take advantage of it. They fell behind early. Really couldn't get their way back. Four-one Nashville uh, in that game, and now Ottawa all of a sudden this great little surge they had going, and then wham! It's uh, two straight losses in a row against the Predators and the Capitals. So not what you want to see here from uh, Ottawa here after a nice little run they put together. A Winnipeg with a, <laughs> excuse me, a 4-2 win uh, over St. Louis. Uh, it was a pretty solid victory for the Jets. Played well uh, on home ice, definitely. And look, uh, Laurent Brossois, he's a capable goalie, and he outplayed Hofer in the battle of the backups last night. Uh, but the Jets with a nice 4-2 win against the uh, St. Louis Blues. They're a very erratic up-and-down team. They were at least a little bit better 
last night than they were against Detroit, but that's not saying much. They were awful against the Red Wings and still not good enough to win last night against Winnipeg. And now they got to face the Edmonton Oilers on the road in a back-to-back here tonight, which we will get to in just a bit. Uh, Calgary, 4-2 against L.A. This has been a great run for the Flames. You know, at home against quality foes, Winnipeg, Boston, Edmonton, although Edmonton actually was on the road, and then back home against L.A., another win uh, for the Flames last night. Great to see uh, a 4-2 victory against the Kings. Um, So Calgary continues to keep themselves very much in the mix as far as the wild card, and this is going to prompt Craig Conroy to have to make some very tough decisions. What he's going to do? You know, he's been, the thought all along was we're going to probably deal Hannafin, Tanev, and maybe even Markstrom before the deadline. I don't think Markstrom's happening now. I think they're going to keep him. But uh, Tanev will be gone. I do still think they're going to move Tanev uh, before the deadline. And Dallas, we're hearing, is the team that's really hottest on the heels of maybe landing Chris Tanev. Um, And then, of course, uh, the question mark then becomes as well, um, Noah Hannafin. You know, do you move him, a UFA, of course, uh, in the uh, offseason? So very interesting to see uh, how uh, that plays out, especially with Calgary now still very much in the mix. And, you know, the players don't want to see any of their teammates traded. They're trying to make the playoffs, you know, and they've talked about it. But it's a business, uh, and it's still Calgary's got to think of the long term. And what? If Calgary gets in the playoffs, you know, you still worry about whether they'll even win a round. You know, we're talking about a murderer's row in the Western Conference. You know, you're going to be up against – you know, an Edmonton and a Vegas and L.A., a Colorado, a Dallas in the first round. You know, that's going to be tough sledding if you're the Calgary Flames. Yeah. You know, all, work, all this work to get into the playoffs and at risk of not even getting out of the first round. So you still have to have the long-term uh, vision uh, in mind if you're Craig Conroy, uh, the Flames GM, and I think he definitely does. Uh, Colorado with a 5-1 win against Dallas last night. It was a brutal scheduling spot. for The, the schedule makers just put Dallas in a really tough spot. Now, they could have played better. They probably should have played better, but – Still, Colorado was rested, uh, pretty uh, focused, angry after Toronto came in there and beat them on Saturday. Uh, and it was a great dominant effort, really, from the Colorado Avalanche. And then they shut Dallas down when they had the big lead, which is unfortunate because I did have the over. But we did get the first period over, the first period both teams to score, and the second period over, which uh, all of us pretty much jumped in on uh, during the betcast. I got to give the Penguins credit. 4-3 against Vancouver to come back. That's one of the best wins they've had in a very long time yeah. against a good Canucks team on the road, down 2 nothing after the first period. They come back and they win 4-3. I'll even their power play, at least at 5-on-3, did some damage last night. Um, they tied it in the third, and then they were opportunistic in overtime. And uh, a player that hasn't had the season they were hoping for comes through, though, with the overtime winner, Eric Carlson, uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins to win that game 4-3. Raquel had a great night with two goals as well. And the Penguins, look, they, it's not, they, they've won three in a row, and this is probably the best team they've won, beaten during this three-game win streak, but they can't be satisfied. You've still got a lot of work to do uh, if you even want to think about uh, making a push to the playoffs. So you got to keep winning. That's your mindset if you're Pittsburgh. And then the Devils and Sharks, look, San Jose in the draw looked good in the first period, won nothing. Mackenzie Blackwood with 13 saves, uh, not allowing a goal. And then suddenly we hear at the intermission or at the end of the period he gets hurt. Uh, Kapo Kakinen's got to take over and basically San Jose unraveled, you know, from that point on. And, you know, once Kakinen gave up those, the, the, so two of those goals were just so brutal for him to give up. And it turned into two to one quickly for the Devils. He kind of worried that the game might get away from the Sharks and a team lacking confidence like the Devils finally had uh, all kinds of uh, momentum. Uh, from that, and sure enough, uh, look, New Jersey just uh, pulled away from that point. San Jose was really uh, 
deflated after that uh, Blackwood injury. Uh, and that was a big part of the handicap, too. The Blackwood's going to really want to beat New Jersey, a team that traded him away. Uh, but once he was out of the game, it totally changed things, and uh, New Jersey ends up romping. And we remarked about it on the BetCast last night while that game was taking place. You know, New Jersey's it's New Jersey's night when Kevin Ball, Colin Miller, and Brendan Smith, three pluggers on the blue line, uh, score goals for them last night. So that really tells you all you need to know about how uh, good of a night it was for uh, New Jersey and how things completely fell apart in that game for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Alex, thoughts on, oh, and Carolina, Minnesota. I forgot about that yeah. game. 3-2 Carolina. So close for us with the wild and the draw, and it turned into the worst result possible. Carolina in regulation. And I'm going to I'm gonna toot the horn again. Piotr Kochetkov, outstanding. You know, yeah. 28 saves on 30 shots. You could argue Minnesota even had slight edge of play uh, in that game last night uh, against the uh, – uh, Carolina Hurricanes. It was 30 to 28 in shots, 28 saves on 30 Minnesota shots for Piotr, Piotr Kochetkov. Don't look now, but since February 8th, in his last seven starts, Piotr Kochetkov has given up two goals or less in six of those seven starts. There's a reason Alex and I are, you know, screaming from the rooftops here about this kid and Piotr yeah. Kochetkov and make him the number one guy in Carolina and give him his starts. And he's the future of in net. And I love his moxie. I love his passion. I love that he has a competitive spirit to him. And he's a, a intense competitor. He's willing to mix it up too, get in scrums, get in fights, do all that kind of stuff too, from the goaltending spot, you know, help out his teammates at the end of a scrum there at the end of the Florida Carolina game recently. So he's a team guy. That's another yeah. thing you love about him. So we can't say enough praise about this kid. We think he's a good one. We think he's a great teammate as well. I love that he's got that edge to him uh, as well. And he was great last night preserving a Carolina win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we, you can't say enough about Pioca Chekhov. He's been fantastic for this team. And if Carolina is going to do anything in the postseason, it has to be with him. Uh, at the forefront between the pipes, and you can't deal with, uh, you know, any of the old broken cars you got in the garage with uh, Ronta and Anderson. You got to ride with Kachekov. But I want to talk back about that Calgary thing, and this is one of those things where, as a fan, it really sucks because you want to see your team play well and win and get to the playoffs, but you have to realize that getting into the playoffs means nothing if you just bounce out in four or five games and then you put your team in the jackpot moving forward. Calgary is going to have to make moves, maybe not so much with Markstrom, but but definitely Hannafin and Tanev. you got to move them now and try to get some things back and, and solidify some, some stuff for the future. And Markstrom's a guy that you can either decide to roll with or you could move in the offseason, maybe move during the, the draft and get a, a ton of things back for him in return. So I think Calgary needs to look toward the future. I know Flames fans don't want to hear that. But you got to face facts. Like I said, getting into the playoffs and getting swept out by Dallas or Colorado or Vegas or Vancouver, I mean, what, what's, the, what's the joy in that? And, and now you've got these guys that are just going to walk you know, for nothing, and you could have gotten draft picks or players or prospects for them. So uh, you know, hopefully the, the GMs and the, the front office realize that they don't buy into the fan hype because some teams, we've seen this happen, some offices buy into the fan hype and see the momentum, they see the ticket sales increasing and want to try to make that playoff run and then realize, okay, we only had two home playoff games and we got our ass kicked. And now we're not in any good position moving forward. So Calgary, do the right thing. Make the moves you need for the future. I agree with that. Well said. And I think there's definitely a chance that uh, 
Calgary will do the right thing. And that's right. They've still got to look toward the future. Yes, our guy Goose is right. Let's hit that like button. 42 likes. Yeah, like it up there. Hit that like button. Yes. We appreciate it uh, very much. Uh, 150 uh, people on a very short Wednesday card as well. So we appreciate uh, everyone tuning in uh, right here for this uh, Wednesday slate. Uh, we got two games, and we'll get into them right now and begin in Broadway, Madison Square Garden, the Big Apple, Columbus Blue Jackets, New York Rangers, uh, the, the back end of a home-and-home home series uh, between these two teams. We've got the Rangers minus 250, home favorites, six and a half the total uh, here in this game. The Rangers, of course, losing in Columbus on Sunday as having their streak snapped in the process, double-digit win streak coming to an end with that 4-2 defeat at the hands of the Blue Jackets at Nationwide Arena on Sunday. Uh, now the rematch taking place here uh, in New York. Uh, it is worth noting, though, you know, this is a Jackets team that we have seen them push this, you know, uh, New York Rangers team in the past. They had won back-to-back -back now in Columbus last year. They met, uh, or actually back in November this year, I should say, they met in New York, and it was a 4-3 shootout victory for the New York Rangers. So, you know, Columbus has always been a tough out for some reason. That's going to happen. You know, where even the better teams have an inferior team that they always play where that team is always a tough team to beat for them, you know, for some reason. And Columbus has kind of been that team uh, lately for the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, it's This is interesting because usually, Alex, and I've talked about the bubble burst theory with these teams on these long win streaks, the streak gets snapped. I'm not usually rushing to back them after the long streak gets snapped. And I'm not sure I'm rushing to do that here, but I will say this, Merzlikens in net for Columbus. We should see Igor Shosturkin. Uh, in net for the uh, New York Rangers. The Rangers have won five straight home games at Madison Square Garden coming into this one. Uh, and Igor Shosturkin is coming into this game on a six-game win streak as a starting goalie. Six and oh in his last six starts. And he has given up exactly one goal in each of his last three starts. The Dallas win where he was spectacular. He stole two points for the New York Rangers against the Stars that night. He was rock solid against New Jersey. Uh, five to one uh, after that. And then, of course, against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, one goal allowed on 40 Flyer shots. And the Flyers were buzzing on Saturday afternoon when they were down two to one. But the uh, Igor Shosturkin held the fort and kept uh, the Rangers ahead and victorious. And keep in mind, the 4 2 loss was John Quick that night uh, in net. It obviously, they gave Shosturkin uh, a rest on a back to back situation. So, I'm going to take the Rangers first period puck line here. Okay. That's the angle I'm going to go with. I don't know about the full game, you know, minus 250 regulations, not appealing at all at the price we're seeing right now. Even the team total, I'm not necessarily sold on that because I could see this being kind of a three, two, three, one, not maybe not necessarily for sure. The Rangers getting to four goals, not to mention at some books, we've got the price as high as minus 145, minus 150 on the over three and a half with the New York Rangers. So, but I do think first 20 minutes coming off, losing to this very blue jackets team on Sunday, you'll get a good start to the game from the Rangers. And obviously that's the best value on the board because unlike laying uh, numbers with, you know, the regulation, uh, not even the full game puck line. I'm enamored with uh, either. I lean to full game puck line, but I just think in this spot, the first period puck line is probably the better uh, option, in my opinion. So minus a half at around plus 128, plus 130 is what we are seeing here. Uh, that's uh, that's right now the only pregame bet I got here. Uh, what do you think, Alex? Blue Jackets, Rangers. Yeah, the only thing that I like here is the first period over, and it's mostly predicated, like I said, with the Rangers 
coming back home, playing against a Blue Jacket team that's given them fits. And I could see where there's just, you know, energy and, and goals going both ways early in this contest. But it also would set up for looking at maybe a live under. We didn't get any spots in the in the betcast last night, but I'll be looking at this a bit more actively. If we get this first period over, which is one and a half, as high as minus $1.40. So this is one where I'll play maybe a half unit pregame and look for something a little cheaper, hopefully plus money in game. But if we can cash that, I'll be looking for something um, under eight and a half, maybe laying a dollar thirty, dollar thirty-five full game. Because I think we could see the pace early, and then I could think we could see some things slow down. Especially if the Rangers can jump out and get an early second period lead, I think they can score maybe one or two goals. And it's a three-one game, and then they can really sit on that lead and kind of slow it down. So that's the approach I'm taking: first period over pregame, a little bit pregame, adding a little bit more in-game, and then hoping for a live under uh, during the contest. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, a, that's, a, that's definitely something I could see it be in that where you see some goals early and then maybe slow down a little bit after that. Uh, as far as props go, I mean, I'm pretty repetitive when it comes to both of these teams. I keep saying with Kako on the top line, there's value, but there's only value if he actually scores, you know, and we don't always see that consistently from him. He's been up there now for a couple games. He doesn't even have a point playing with Kreider and Zibanejad, uh, Kapo Kako. So, but he, there is value because he's up there on the top line. Lafreniere with Trocek and Panarin's been a good line for them lately. Finally, VC's down to the third line uh, because he didn't do squat up there either with the Kreider and Zibanejad uh, when he was there. Um, so those are some props, mostly maybe Kako and maybe Lafreniere. And then for Columbus, I say stick to, you know, Roslovic too. Roslovic on the top line with Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau. There's definitely some Jack Roslovic player prop value. Uh, right now for the uh, Blue Jackets. And he did score against the Rangers. In fact, he had a two-point night on Sunday uh, versus the New York Rangers. And again, Jack Roslovic is getting, um, you know, first-line minutes right now for the Jackets. And the other uh, three that I would consider is, it's the easy choice. It's the three Russians. It's Shinikov, it's Voronkov, and it's Marchenko. And it's especially Voronkov right now. Like, he's the prop of the three Russians, that Russian line for the Columbus Blue Jackets, which has been very good. Voronkov's the one that's on the heater right now. Back-to-back games with a goal, three points in the last two games uh, for Dmitry Voronkov as well. Uh, we know Shinikov's had a nice season, 15 goals, 13 assists. Those two in particular, you know, there's always great value with them. Uh, but uh, like I say, as far as uh, the props here, Shinikov, or not, not Shinikov, Voronkov for Columbus, I would say probably Kako. And you just hope Kako gets going here at some point playing with Kreider and Zibanejad. This is a guy that was drafted as high as he was for his finishing prowess, which hasn't always been evident here with the New York Rangers, but he's going to have the opportunity. He's going to have the opportunity with Kreider and Zibanejad. You can't argue with getting a plus uh, 370 price at FanDuel on Kako, given his spot in the lineup. You just hope he makes good on it finally. All right, the second game and final game of this short card, St. Louis Blues, Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton minus 290, uh, home favorites here, six and a half the total. Pretty tough spot here for the Blues. You're on a back-to-back after losing last night against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Not an easy situation. Rest advantage for Edmonton. They snapped the losing streak with the win against LA. It was a great third period from Stuart Skinner uh, in that Stuart Skinner was uh, very strong, I thought, in that game against uh, LA, especially in the third period. But can he sustain it? Can he uh, continue to build off that? Here tonight against St. Louis, he is back in net for the Oilers. Uh, for St. Louis, it's Jordan Bennington who will get the nod. Not a surprise there, considering uh, this is obviously back-to-back. And We saw Joe Hofer uh, against Winnipeg last night. 
uh, for the St. Louis Blues. Um, you look at the recent meeting these teams played each other. Uh, it was 6-3, to three actually, in favor of St. Louis uh, the last two times these teams played. Uh, so it was a nice Blues victory there against the Oilers uh, back on February 15th, 13 days ago. Not to mention earlier this year, St. Louis won in a shootout in Edmonton uh, December 15th by a score of 4-3. to three. So Blues have actually won each of the last two meetings. I don't feel comfortable with Edmonton in this price range, but I do get the sense I think they will win this game, quite honestly. They have the schedule in their favor. They're looking to build off the win. Uh, against LA the other night, but I'm just not comfortable in taking them at minus 290. This is my totals game of the night for sure when I look at it. If you look at the Oilers, suddenly, Alex, they're piling up the first period overs again. Yeah. Six and two to the first period over for the Edmonton Oilers in their last eight games. You know, we've saw the first period over fl- easily the last time these two teams played head to head. I think it was two to one uh, after the uh, opening period. So this is my over trifecta tonight. First period. Uh, over first period, both teams to score uh, and full game over six and a half uh, in this game. And I'm going to add on a couple of things, too, because obviously no bet cast tonight. But from a live betting standpoint, you got to point this out. Everyone should be used to the procedure now. I've said it a bunch of times now, especially on the bet cast last night. But we've got strong second period and third period over trends in this game and fit for the Edmonton Oilers right now. Edmonton is 9-1 and one to the second period over 1.5 in their last 10. They are 14-1 and one to the third period over 1.5 in their last 15. So what I will be doing in this game here, not only the first period over, first period both teams to score and full game over, but we will also be looking at the over two in the second period and the third period, pre-period, both teams to score in both of those periods as well. And then we'll we'll add on the over one and a half during the period when we can find minus 120 or better that's been the standard operating procedure for years truly with these period period trend bets to the over because we know we don't get over one and a half anymore pre-period at any sort of reasonable price what you got to do is you got to sprinkle on a little over two and both teams to score in pocket before the period. And then you wait for that minus 120 or better during the period on over one and a half. And that's when you strike. That's when you fire and you put more on that. So that's been the approach. And that's what we'll be looking for. Not only the second period, but the third period uh, of this game here tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Blues, Oilers. And just to mention, so if you're looking for those both teams to score, I'm just giving you a fan duels right now. You can get first period plus 168. Second period plus 116 and third period plus 128. You can get all those pregame over yes. at FanDuel, and there's other books that offer those as well. So shop around. I, for, for one, will definitely have all three of those, both teams of scores uh, in, in some fashion. I'll have it stronger on the first and second periods, but I will have a little bit pregame smaller on the third. I also do like first period o- over full game overs, but I'll be grabbing those alive. So I'm going with the over trifecta, adding second period, both teams to score pregame, looking for the first period and, and full game overs uh, live. I'm looking for just cheaper prices, same numbers, just trying to get a little bit better of pricing. And there's a player prop that I also like in this contest as well. I'll talk about that. All right. Yeah, for the bargain bin special segment. Absolutely. So, yeah, like I say, and uh, we've not only have we got all the period, like all the period trends, first period over, you know, are pretty strong but they're not even as strong as the second and the third period over, especially for Edmonton. Like if you combine Edmonton games right now, second period over one and a half 
and third period over one and a half combined for Edmonton Oilers games. You combine the two, and we're talking 23 and two. 23 and two. All right. Second period and third period over for the Edmonton Oilers run streak. Uh, 23 and two. Pretty impressive. Uh, so that's why we're interested in these second and third period overlooks here when it comes to the uh, St. Louis Edmonton game tonight. And definitely prop game prop, from a prop standpoint. There's a good prop game, in my opinion. Uh, there's a lot of good options. You got to pet Pavel Buchnevich right now. Uh, he's not bargain bin material uh, at the moment, but you're still getting a pretty good price, even if it is short of bargain bin uh, uh, criteria for a guy that's really streaking and surging right now. Scored again last night, plus 240. Uh, no doubt uh, that's a good uh, look there as far as the Blues are concerned with the way uh, he's been uh, scoring lately for them. I always mention Jordan Cairo, uh, Jake, won't you be my neighbor, Jake Neighbors, of course. And don't sleep on Zach Bolduke either. Zach Bolduke just got called up. He scored against Detroit. He didn't have a shot on goal last night, but he's still on the second line. And there's still tremendous value right now. Uh, for uh, Zachary Bullduke uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues. And again, plus 600 to score a goal in this game. And you got him playing with good players. You know, he's on that second line with the captain, Braden Shen and Jake Neighbors. So, you know, there's some good value there with uh, Zach Bullduke here uh, in this game. And then as far as Edmonton goes, everyone's making a big deal of this goalless drought for um, uh, this goal scoring drought for Connor McDavid. Kind of feels like maybe tonight he finally scores one, but you know, obviously you're going to pay plus a hundred even money. Uh, he's with Hyman and Drysidle. It looks like Chris Knobloch is going back to the old recipe, putting McDavid and Drysidle together, and Zach Hyman on the right wing side, loading up that top line. We'll see if it pays off. Yanmark is playing with Nugent Hopkins and Kane, so Yanmark's moving up a bit. It's probably a little value too for Yanmark tonight uh, in this game, considering his spot. Uh, in the lineup. And look, Yanmark's got three goals in the last five games too uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So not only do you have him in a little bit of a, hot, uh, a surge offensively goal scoring wise, three in the last five games for Yanmark as far as scoring goals, but now he's on the second line and you can get up to plus 560 for him to score a goal tonight. So definitely Yanmark, I think worth a look. Fogel and Perry with McLeod on the third line. You know, these are players we've mentioned before for props. Fogel more so when he was on the top line. McLeod's actually been kind of quiet lately uh, for the uh, Oilers. If you look at his recent numbers, he hasn't scored a goal in actually quite some time. We're talking January 20th at Calgary, the last time he found the back of the net. So hard to uh, you know get to the window with McLeod with his funk right now. Corey Perry, um, you know he's now down the third line, but you know you still look at the the, the key stats like shots on goal and you know expected goals for us specific players and he's generating chances still even though now he's gone three games without a goal hasn't scored since the boston game uh last week but Corey perry is always worth a shot uh, in my opinion uh, because he's generating chances you know he's going to get to the goal crease the blue paint the tough areas to score goals and you're talking plus 400 you know at some places for him to score so definitely value with Corey perry just a question of whether he cashes in uh, with that value uh great stuff Shout out to everyone in the chat at the like button. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, make sure you sign up and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. Again, we've got our daily sides, totals, and player props posted on the page each and every day. Uh, goalie charts, totals charts, 
uh, exclusive live betcasts. We're going to have at least one, if not two, Patreon exclusive live betcasts in the month of March. We're looking forward to those. Uh, so make sure you check it out. All kinds of great content. We're going to be uh, recording the Q and A uh, video very soon, probably next week, sometime as well. Great questions too. We've seen, we've definitely taken notice of the great questions. Yeah that our Patreon members have posted. So we'll be recording the Q&A video uh, probably next week before the tournament starts, uh, and uh, we'll get that uh, out there for the Patreon members. So looking forward to that, patreon.com slash guys. And again, your $10 per month subscription goes a long way to keeping us going for a long time to come. So again, sign up and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Patreon.com slash guys, just $10 per month. And make sure you check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Get your gear, get your merch. Yeah, we got everything in stock, and you get 20% off. You got two days left to save 20% on your entire order, and that's over at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Everything in stock, all the caps, all the hoodies, all the T-shirts, all the regular logo stuff, the draw season, Highlanders, everything's there. That's at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. There we go. Check it out. All right. Next up, we'll be back in a moment. Bargain bin special of the night and best bets coming up right after we hear from our great daily sponsors of the Ice Guys show, Boston. All right, Boston and Pink, make sure you check them out. And again, 20% off all orders on the website using the promo code ICEGUYS at bostonhempinc.com. All right, bargain bin special of the night. And you know what I love about the segment lately? We're picking each other up uh, nightly on this segment. Sometimes mine hits, sometimes Alex's hits. uh, But a lot of times the last few days, one of us has cashed our bargain bin special uh, of the night. Two of them, of course, on Monday, it was Alex and Brett Skalski had their bargain bin cash in last night. Mine did with Bertuzzi. Um, so uh, we're looking forward to seeing if we can get one, if not both tonight in the bargain bin home in the winner's circle. Alex, where are you going from the bargain bin tonight? Yeah, let's go with that national TV game. You got the blues taking on the Oilers and you mentioned about Connor McDavid. This could be possibly the longest he's ever gone without scoring a goal. And everybody's all up in arms about it. I think he changes that tonight with not one, but two goals. You can give me that at plus 600 over at FanDuel. So that's Connor McDavid, number 97, to get two goals tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, You know, TV spot, everybody's going to be talking about it. That's all that they're going to be talking about in the pregame for TNT for the first 20 minutes is that Connor McDavid hasn't done anything. So hopefully he can shut all of them up and get two tonight. Plus 600, that's my bargain and special for this evening. One thing I respect about Connor McDavid is he knows how to handle the media. I love when they when he responded yes. to the question about the gold drought. It says, yeah, I'm just decided I'm going to get all assists now. Yep, that's what right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I love just, that too. Don't need, don't stop scoring. Don't need to score. I'm just worried about getting assists right now. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, he knows how to handle the uh, the questions. And those are ridiculous questions. It's not like he's not trying to score. It's just sometimes that's that's what can happen. But And I like it. I think if you're going to bet Connor McDavid, and I do feel he's going to get off the schneid tonight. I really do. Um, Bet him to score two. Don't just, you know, go with the minus 110 plus 100 because I find he does score in bunches when he does score. He's one of those Austin Matthews 
you know, got the, those kind of characteristics where when he scores one in a game, there's always a great threat and a great chance for him to score two. So again, plus 600 for Connor McDavid, two goals tonight for Alex B. Smith with his uh, bargain bin special uh, of the night. Uh, my bargain bin special of the night. Look, it's only two games. There's not a lot to choose from, but I'm going to put my faith in Capo Caco tonight for the New York Rangers. It was either going to be him or it was going to be Matthias Janmark, who I also think is a very good candidate as far as a bargain bin special uh, is concerned tonight. Uh, but I'm going to, and Bulduk even, I, I, I considered as well for St. Louis. Uh, Voronkov plus 370 was a good price. He was on the short list as well for bargain bin. But I'm going to go with the Rangers and Kako because I think the Rangers will bring it tonight. They'll be better than they were against Columbus. Short-term revenge spot. One thing about Kako, as Cuban said, most of his goals have been scored at home at Madison Square Garden this season. So he's playing with Kreider and Zibanejad. Let's see if he can finally cash in playing with two of the best players in the, uh, in the, on the team. Uh, he is going to be on the power play tonight as well. Get those minutes for the Rangers. Uh, Capo Caco, New York Rangers, plus 370 uh, at FanDuel uh, for my bargain bin special of the night for this Wednesday slate. All right, best bets. Uh, Alex, what do you like for best bet tonight? Yeah, we'll go with that game at Madison Square Garden, Columbus, New York. I expect goals early here in this contest, and then we're getting a decent price. Minus $1.40 for that first period over one and a half. Uh, like I said, we've seen this cash in nine of the last ten meetings between these two teams. Columbus has given uh, the Rangers fit, so maybe they could do that early, or maybe the Rangers can push back. Either way, we just need two goals here in the first 20 minutes. So Blue Jackets, Rangers, first period over is my best bet for this Wednesday. All right, Columbus, New York Rangers, over one and a half first period. Best bet for Alex P. Smith. My best bet, let's go with that St. Louis Edmonton over six and a half minus 110. I was debating that or the first period in that game, but we'll go full game because of the fact the second period and third period trends are strong with Edmonton. So uh, full game over six and a half minus 110. St. Louis Edmonton, uh, my best bet for this Wednesday card. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we're back tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys. 